Hey everyone and welcome to Learning from Smart People. I am your host, Rob Oliver, and I hope I didn't throw you off completely by jumping in before the intro music started, but I've got a good reason. Today is the two-year anniversary of the Learning from Smart People launch. To celebrate, I am re-releasing the very first interview that I ever did. My guest was Ron Swagger, and I want to say thank you to him for being willing to take a risk and join me for the launch of what has been an absolutely fabulous experience. Before I start the episode, I do want to share something very cool with you. With everything that I've learned about podcasting, I've decided that I want to set a world record with my podcast. For those of you that don't know, I also host a podcast called Perspectives on Healthcare. And on May 6th and 7th, I'm going to be conducting an interview marathon where I talk to patients about their experiences in the healthcare system. During this record-setting attempt, I will be speaking with 150 patients over the course of 37 plus straight hours. Even saying it sounds like a lot. If you are interested in watching the live stream, the link is in the show notes. If you want to be interviewed about your experiences, there's a link for that too. Thanks again for supporting this podcast over the past two years. It's been a wild ride and I am looking forward to more amazing experiences as we move forward. I hope that you enjoy this blast from the past. Well, everybody, welcome to my first ever interview podcast here on Learning from Smart People. My guest is Ron Swagger Jr. He is the general sales manager at Riverview Chevrolet. And today I asked Ron to come on and we are going to talk about price versus value. So Ron, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, glad to be here. I don't know about the smart people part, but you know, we'll get to that later. You know what? My goal is as we're talking here, you've got expertise in an area that um, I don't. And so I'm hoping that we can learn about this from uh, from your perspective. You've got a lot of good insight. And I think even just from the pre-interview discussion that we had, I've found it to be really enlightening. And I think this is something that everybody can learn from. So I have no problem establishing the fact that you are a smart person. So tell me a little bit, how long have you been in the car industry, Ron? Um, I've started in the car industry when I was about 15 years old, working through a couple various levels to uh, get to where I'm at at the moment. Um, my current position is right around 20 years. I've been doing similar functions to what I've been doing lately. That's awesome. And so basically, I mean, you you have experience kind of on all levels, you started out as a lot boy and worked your way up into management. So you know how the whole thing works. So I guess here's what I, I kind of want to start with. When you were first coming into the car industry and you know, you're starting to get familiar with sales, you're starting to see what's happening. What is the mindset that consumers are coming in with at that point in time? What, what do you remember from your early days? Early on in the mid nineties, when I started, Selling cars was a basically a it was about the easiest job you could have found at the time. Cars were inexpensive. It was basically a seller's market, I guess, for a lack of a better term. Credit was easy, uh, jobs were plentiful, and it was just a uh, 
it was an easy time to get my feet wet, you know, so I was able to uh, see a lot of business and a lot of transactions and meet a lot of people at that point. So, so I guess when people are coming in at that point in time, what is, you know, what is your typical buyer coming in with, as, you know, and they're saying, Hey, this is what I want. What, what are they looking for at that point? At that point, the, the running joke was if you ask the customer what they were hoping to accomplish, you know, they wanted to have a $250 a month payment and, Oddly enough, over the last 20 years, that expectation level hasn't changed a whole lot. You know, whether it's a, a base model or a, a loaded up SUV, you know, that's everybody's hope and goal when they walk through the door. But, you know, times have changed that a little bit and inflation is, uh, has not kept up in people's minds. So, but what I'm hearing you say is that people are coming in and the initial thing that they're laying out to you before anything else is budget. They're looking at the price and saying, this is what I want to pay. And that's the most important thing to the customer, at least when they're show- when they're coming into the showroom. That's the expectation level a lot of times from what we see. Today, there are more choices. Um, the customer is way more educated nowadays than they were 20 years ago. Most of the people have already shopped online and uh, pretty much know you know, what they're looking for and are feeling us out to see if they trust us, you know, and what kind of a, uh, a business relationship they can find going forward. Okay. So what we're talking about today is that concept of price versus value. How then, when people are coming in and their initial concern is price, what is value? How does that enter into the whole program? In our current business model, there are literally thousands of other Chevrolet dealers, you know, so you can buy the same basic vehicle anywhere from here to the West Coast and get the same, pretty much the same car, you know, so we're all on a level playing field as far as the product goes. So we spend a great deal of time training to actually know our product better than the competition, be able to present it in a way that the customer is not intimidated by it, give them the best overall experience because the price is simply what you spent where the value is what you've actually got for your dollar. So, you know, if we haven't done our job, you could spend upwards of 70 or $80,000 on a brand new loaded SUV and walk away feeling very dissatisfied because we haven't shown you all of what you got for that amount of money. And the same goes for even a, the basic vehicle these days because of all the safety innovation, uh, all of the technology that customers ex- expect at that level of uh, a brand new car. It's incumbent on us to actually present value before we do talk about the price, because a lot of times it's an eye-opening experience. I mean, I look at, you know, the average SUV nowadays is, you know, upwards of thirty or $40,000. And, you know, it's, it's an investment. It's not just a, you know, something that is a trivial purchase that, you know, you're going to change your mind three weeks down the road. 
you know, this is something that you're going to live with, you know, so we have to do a good job of presenting it so that it's a, uh, an informed decision. Right. And giving you all of the, uh, the information that you would require to actually make a good decision because, you know, there are so many different alternatives and options and things like that, that it leads to better customer satisfaction by sure. presenting everything up front. And I'm thinking that's something that applies in, you know, in every arena. So it's not just in the car business, but when you're looking at, for me, as a speaker, I'm looking at what is it that sets me apart? What value are they getting from me that separates me from the other speakers? Because you know, there's literally a thousand plus other speakers that they could bring in on any given topic why is it that they want me? What is it that I bring in that their people are going to benefit? Because you got to lay that out at the beginning. It's, and I would imagine, you know, in, in real estate, you're talking about uh, what differentiates one real estate agent, what one real estate company from another. And it, that's what makes you go with one versus the other. And it's, you know, really in some ways you're selling yourself. But I think one of the things that you mentioned early on is knowing your product. You've got to know what you're bringing to the table. And if you can voice what makes you different, if you can voice what makes you uh, stand out from your competition, that's ultimately what's going to help inform that decision. Yep. Tell me a little bit about the difference between price being it's what you pay, value is what you get is that tell me how that works for you the way we look at it is that car costs the same from here to the west coast if you don't understand how everything works if it wasn't uh, explained to you in great detail and actually having you do like a hands-on demonstration where this becomes uh you know a part of your everyday routine, you know, it's things that we try to make second nature for the customer. It's very difficult to, to maintain a high customer satisfaction if the customer doesn't know exactly how things function, exactly what's going to happen down the road, everything like that. We spend a great deal of time actually post-sale as well as, you know, leading up to the customer actually wanting to purchase the vehicle. We try to spend as much time after the sale with the customer to reinforce all of the, the things that help them make that buying decision. Right. So what can happen is if the customer is only buying on price, they can leave and find out, hey, you know, somebody else somewhere is advertising what appears to be the same vehicle for a lower price and I got burned on price, but when you're selling them on, this is the value of what you got. And they're understanding that what may look like a better price somewhere else is actually a car that doesn't have the same features. It doesn't have the same, the same safety. There's a difference in it. And so even though it's a difference in price, having the customer understand the value allows them to be more satisfied with the transaction when it could be something that if they're just comparing dollar to dollar, it doesn't actually work out that way. Correct. We actually have a gentleman that is our delivery coordinator that makes sure when the customer leaves that they know 
exactly everything they got that the vehicle was set up personalized for that customer and we basically want the customer to love that car when they're leaving i always talk about steakhouses in our sales meetings you can go to a outback restaurant and get a 10 ounce filet and you could go to Ruth's chris and get a 10 ounce filet and one you're going to spend $25 and the other one you're going to spend upwards of $100. At the end of the day, you basically got the same basic thing, but one feels like it is worth a lot more. Right. The difference is the service that goes along with going to a Roos Chris. You know, they yep. they roll out the red carpet for you and they make it an experience. And that's a lot of what we try to do as a uh, as a dealership and you know we look at there's a lot of other business models that we look at and GM has actually partnered with Disney to kind of uh, shape the way we do business and spending time with customers building relationships is paramount these days because there are so many choices you know, if it's cold and impersonal, you can go anywhere and get a cold, impersonal business transaction. Right. The ones that are memorable and that are actually a, a good business model that further repeat and referral business and everything like that tend to exceed the customer's expectation level. Value and customer service, in my mind, are generally synonymous. You know, they go hand in hand. Okay. Right. We look at like Chick-fil-A. You could get a chicken sandwich at one of any dozen fast food restaurants. But for some reason, if you want to go get a Chick-fil-A sandwich, you're going to sit in their drive through line for a couple minutes, but still get served in a quick amount of time, get something that's above average quality and by people that seem to genuinely care that you did business with them. It's always their pleasure. Yeah, it keeps people coming back. It creates loyalty because they seem like they are happy to see you and they know you and they've seen your face in the restaurant and they're they're genuinely glad that you made that decision to walk through the door and spend your money because you could spend it, like I said, any dozen fast food restaurants in the same vicinity. You know, their business model goes above and beyond what you anticipate from a fast food restaurant. Yeah, and somehow my kids get that because we'll drive by a dozen other fast food restaurants, but we have to get to Chick-fil-A because somehow that experience has resonated with them and it's created an impression that that's what they, that's what they want to do. Has there ever been instances where you have sold a customer, but you didn't get the complete training on or the complete understanding for them of what the value is of what they've purchased? We have had that instance these days with all of the safety innovation, with all of the technology. Um, there are so many different features that we've had customers buying their second version of that vehicle. And when you go over and show them a particular feature, they're like, wow, I had no idea that that did it. Meanwhile, their last vehicle did, and they had no idea. We keep trying to innovate the way that we demonstrate things to make it memorable for customers because 
there are so many features and cars just keep progressing and getting more and more technology. And there are so many things that even blow my mind at 43 years old, you know, and I, I realize the younger generation shapes a lot of how things are designed and carried out these days and keeping up with them seems like it's just mind boggling doing a good job of demonstrating it to the customer, knowing how to work it yourself and giving them a quality presentation definitely uh, helps with customer satisfaction and helps them to remember down the road that particular function that they did see value in. It continues to give them that sense of value. So how do you train your salespeople to move customers away from price and move them towards that value concept? We generally like to spend a good deal of time with a product demonstration, a demonstration ride, and give them a full sense of what this vehicle does because people, you know, they are informed. They do know what is available and all of the the levels of equipment and safety and everything like that. So we try to spend a good amount of time going over that before we start talking about the price, because like I was saying before, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 or a lot of times even more than that, thousands of dollars is a pretty daunting number, even on a monthly basis when you're talking about five and six, $700 a month commitments you have to create a sense of value that this vehicle does way more than what I just read on the internet or what I may have talked about with a friend at work or, you know, a colleague or whoever that may have recommended that vehicle. You know, there is way more technology built in than, you know, even I can fathom at times. And I try to drive ones that do have a good amount of technology just so I'm versed if a customer does say, hey, I'm having trouble with this. Can you help me? I want to be able to say, absolutely, I can. You know, and I want everybody in that showroom to be on that same level so that, you know, the customer, when they walk through the door, they're not feeling like they're been left out in the cold or gotten the the raw end of the deal because, you know, they bought something and nobody knows how to help them fix it or nobody knows sure. how to work it for them. Yeah. I'm thinking about it from the perspective of a vehicle is designed to get you from point A to point B, or, you know, it's designed for you to get your kids from point A to point B or whatever the situation is. And in that way, any vehicle could do that. And now what you're talking about is the difference between an entry-level vehicle, a used vehicle, one of the higher-end vehicles, and finding what matches with the customer's need. I think about this with cell phones, right? What is the purpose of a cell phone? It's to be able to communicate with my family. So there are a lot of companies out there that are targeting an older population to say, this phone, it doesn't have any apps. It doesn't have any gizmos. It doesn't do anything special. What you do is you open it up and you make a phone call. And then when you're done with it, you hang that phone call up and that's their target demographic. And that's what their target demographic wants. It's not about all of the different apps and all of the different functions that are available. That's It's overkill for that population. In that way, what you're looking at is finding 
how do I match a vehicle and the capabilities of that vehicle to the needs of my customer to make sure that it's not just about what gets them from point A to point B, but how, what does it in the safest manner, what does it with the, the most fuel efficient, whatever it is that they're looking for. Yeah, a lot of that is actually building a relationship with the customer, you know, where you can have a, an honest and a frank discussion that, you know, the customer can say, hey, I don't need all of that. Here is what I do need, you know, and here's what I would expect out of the vehicle that I purchase. You know, sometimes that's a little more difficult because, let's face it, buying a car is probably, you know, somewhere down the scale of, you know, most painful things to do. You know, it's probably somewhere past uh, getting a root canal or something like that. So we try to uh, develop a, a rapport with the customer. You know, we still realize that value is how we sell. But at the end of the day, we still want to maintain a competitive price and be able to to further our business because, you know, if you get a reputation that price is way too high, it uh, doesn't bode well for your, your future. You know, so we want sure. to be wary of, you know, selling strictly value and then not maintaining a competitive price. We always want to be competitive with the market but just offer better customer service than what you would get elsewhere. We've found that creates a far more loyal customer and uh, it's easier to, to have a steady business flow. Sure. I mean, basically what I'm hearing you say is, yes, price is a consideration. But at the end of the day, it comes down to making sure that the customer is getting value and making sure that there is a relationship built there. Because I was thinking about this and why is it that when somebody goes into McDonald's and they buy a $5 hamburger, they don't say to the person behind the cash register at McDonald's like, hey, I'm not willing to pay $5 for this. I'll give you $4.75 for it because I I don't think it has the $5 value. But when you go into a car dealership, the first thing you say is like, hey, you know, you're asking this for it, but I'm not, I don't want to pay that. We've got to negotiate. I wonder how is it that McDonald's has established a value that you just are willing to accept? And when it comes to larger purchases like that, I mean, even for somebody like me doing speaking where people are like, listen, this is what my budget is and this is what I can afford and this is how it's going to be. Do you have any thoughts about how people end up in that situation where some things they are more than willing to take just at face value and say, yep, that's what I'll pay for. And other things are not willing to take at that same face value. Yeah. We've often wondered who the first guy to discount a car was because the manufacturer, it's a suggested retail price. You know, sometimes we feel like the car could be worth more than that, but that's our question in the back of our minds. But at the end of the day, we do realize that price is kind of an arbitrary thing when it comes to a vehicle. And it, is based on a competitive market. What we've found is the price, although it's sometimes fluctuates and it's based a lot on supply and demand, you know, the value is still the fundamental basic principle that isn't going to change. You know, that vehicle, when you drive it away three months from now, that vehicle still has all of its same features and still does all the same things that you expected it to when you purchased it. It's interesting how the car business 
is kind of unique in that respect. You know, there sure. is an expected negotiation and uh, price reflects a lot of times the, the buyer's willingness to, to negotiate. Right. Uh, you and I talked about this before the interview, and that is when Mercedes lowered the price of their entry-level model, the fact is that it actually had a negative impact on their target demographic because part of the prestige of owning a Mercedes is it's a select group. It's a club of the high and mighty where when you lower the price, the entry price on it, it makes it less prestigious. It takes away some of that value and it's going to have a negative impact on the people who are buying the higher end models. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fine line that, you know, a lot of manufacturers, and it's probably not just uh, strictly in the car business. You see it with clothing and shoes and different things like that. You know, when they start offering a, uh, a lower price and it becomes more attainable for the great majority of people, it does does kind of hamper the the value quotient down the road, you know, because you sure. do see more of them. They're not as exclusive anymore. Um, I just kind of want to sum up a lot of what we talked about today. What we're talking about is establishing what it is that customers are buying so that they know what the, the actual substances of what they're purchasing and the capabilities of what they're paying for, because everybody's looking initially at price, but once they come to understand what the value is of what they're purchasing, they're willing to um, maybe step up and pay a little bit more. So I think about this as a speaker, when I'm going out and I'm negotiating with people and you know, I can go out and I can speak for 500 bucks somewhere, or I can go out and I can speak for $5,000 somewhere. And there is an expectation of what's coming. The people that are booking a $500 speaker are expecting to get, you know, the same kind of song and dance that you can get out of just about anybody. People that are paying $5,000 for a speaker are looking for a seasoned professional that has experience in their particular area and, you know, is able to bring something to the table that's going to have an impact on the audience. And even when it comes to value with that, for me being able to sell to them to say, hey, listen, you have an audience of 300 people. If I can give, let's just say $50 worth of value to each of those people, and I'm going to make that kind of improvement on their sales, on their whatever it is, on their customer service, then what I'm bringing in is a value that's going to bring $15,000 to your business for a cost that's significantly less than that. And your return on investment is going to be huge just based on what's going on there. Ron, to wrap things up, how would you kind of sum up what the most important things are that we've gone over today? When we talk about price and when we uh, kind of formulate what it is, what our uh, strategy is going to be going forward, you know, the price, we're always going to try to maintain a, a competitive price and price with the market. But with that, you know, we always talk about customer service and we always talk about creating an experience. And if the customer walks away and forgets the salesperson's name, maybe forgets my name, forgets whoever they came in contact with, and, you know, we didn't do anything to make their experience just that much better, 
we always feel like we've failed. You know, when a customer remembers us and is able to say, hey, go see these guys, they genuinely do offer something different, offer something better in the way they they handle each and every customer that we feel like we've actually done our job when we have that happen. So, you know, I think value is always synonymous with customer service. I can't think of a example that, that flies in the face of those, those two things being tied together. You know, it just doesn't happen in, uh, in the day and age in which we live. Got it. All right. So Ron, we've established that you are a smart person. I think that all of us <laughs> could learn from you today. Now, here's what here's what we haven't established is the fact that you are actually a person and actually a human. So uh, at the end of every show, we have three questions to establish your humanity. And uh, these will be easy and don't worry about them. So your, your first question is, what movie will stop you in your tracks if as you're clicking through the channels? Oh, I'm going to have to say Dumb and Dumber. Fantastic. What is the best local restaurant and what's your favorite dish to get there? Well, this is one that if we're talking about price and value, I'm going to give a shameless plug to my hands down favorite, which is Arlequinos. It's in the South Hills. You probably have to use Google Maps to find it, but it is out of this world and their steak gorgonzola is fantastic. Last question for you. If you could only download one app on your phone, what would it be? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Unfortunately, I'm addicted to wordscapes, thanks to my parents. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I'm trying to catch up to them. They're a few hundred levels ahead of me. So, Got it. All right. So, Ron, I appreciate your time today. I think that we've all learned a lot about value versus price. If folks want to get a hold of you to get a car, to find out what differentiates Riverview Chevrolet from the rest of the car dealerships in the area, what's the easiest way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, they can find me uh, at riverviewchevy.com or 412-751-2900. And uh, hopefully this virus will break soon and we'll get back to delivering the customer service that we enjoy. Fantastic, Ron. Thanks for being on. I appreciate everybody who's listened to the show today. And I will just remind you that this has been learning from smart people. And if you stop learning, you stop living. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>